Welcome to the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, as predicted, Jay Woodcroft out. The replacement, Chris Knobloch, Connor's old coach. How do you feel, Oilers fans? Let us know at 1-833-401-1440. You can hear us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, and on Twitter at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. Our guest today, Jason Greger, will be by around 120. Uh, Stefan Rosner from NHL.com to talk Islanders, and Sean Keeler from the Denver Post will preview Monday Night Football. All right, so, there, I mean, we talked about this all last week, so that it's not a surprise, a little bit of surprise about the head coach. Um, before I have a lash at this, do you want to say your few words there, sir? No, I think this is the perfect time where people have tuned in to hear your lash about this, so I will leave it to you. Wow. If, if I feel the need to jump in and give my opinion, I will give my thoughts. But for now, the floor is yours. Well, I give we, you permission. I give you permission. We will know when you've taken over the show where you, you push me out of the way yeah. and say, the old man will talk when I'm done. You'll hear the mic come on and I'll, I'll inhale a little bit. Then I'll start to start to rambling. But until then, I, 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 I divert. Okay. I divert to you. All right. What's going on, Hallie? Uh, Connor's being chased by the authorities. Well, there's nothing new. Uh, Daryl Cates, uh, he's very involved, makes a lot of moves, and I think some people think he's too volatile as an owner. I think that, that I would be no different at all if I owned the team. I would be, I'd, I'd have Mark Pouliot be my third-line center. But if you're an Oiler fan, it's fair to say, is he too, um, is he too involved? I think that Daryl Cates is all over this move. I think that Jeff Jackson made the move. I think Ken Holland showed during the media avail how much he was not in the loop about this hiring. He said he'd talked to the leadership. He'd done the background. He was talking to them about replacing the, the coach. But it was Jeff Jackson who said, no, I just, I just hired you know the guy that I thought. Players want to play. Now, you can say, well, Jeff Jackson's covering for Connor McDavid. But McDavid said today, I believe to Daniel Nugent Bowman, that he found out like everybody else. You know, one thing about narratives and uh, conspiracy theories and uh, even Robert Stack, all of those things have in common, is that once it's out, it's gone. It's like the Dustin Schwartz firing. You know, you can, you if you work hard enough, uh, Dustin Schwartz can be responsible for the great train robbery, uh, for the uh, the pet rock, for anything that you think is evil, you could do it if you just tried hard enough to make Dustin Schwartz responsible for it. I'm more interested in what what is plausible and what we can know to be factual. To me, opinions are great. Uh, Conspiracy theories drive a lot of things, a lot of unsolved mysteries out there. I'd rather talk in in concrete, you know, in flooring, in things that are, you know, you can hold on to, factual things. So Connor McDavid has played for Todd McClellan, Ken Hitchcock, Dave Tippett, Jay Woodcroft, and tonight, Chris Knobloch in the NHL. That's a lot in a few years. I think he has a great reputation based on the people I've talked to, and I have people that I know throughout the hockey industry, and they are not Bob's people, other people. And they are very high on Knobloch. They think he's ready, over-ready to be a coach. And I've noticed people talking about his his, his work in the AHL, like how many... How many um, wins and losses he had. I, I just think that's the wrong way to look at AHL coaches. 
It truly is. What you want to know is how many players did he develop? How many players were were with him for a time who have become NHL players and are going to become NHL players? So like Braden Schneider, uh, Morgan Barron, Zach Jones, Ty Emerson, Will Kyle. Um, I think... I think that's the group. And then there's a group that are coming along, like Brett Berard, Matthew Robinson, uh, Brandon Scanlon, Adam Edstrom, that group. So maybe Dylan Duran. There, there are players coming along that we can tell about them, but AHL guys are not the stars. So Knobloch is a guy we, we can know he helped develop players. I don't think his reputation would have been as clear as Woodcroft. That's just my opinion based on their minor league work, doesn't matter. I don't think this is about, I'm about to become critical of the organization, I don't think this is about Knobloch's uh, bona fides. I think that this is about why you would dump Jay Woodcroft after 13 games that were featured bad goaltending, uh, injured guys, and a defense that was trying to work a new system, which shouldn't be that hard, but apparently in Edmonton, from the swarm to Woodcroft's folly, it is a deal. So... Where are we? We are with a team in, in I think, with Daryl Cates as the owner, Jeff Jackson as the CEO slash de facto GM. I don't think Ken Holland had much to do with this move. And now coach Chris Knobloch, brand new. Paul Coffey is the defense coach, and I, I think that's chaos, but I don't know. And we'll see how that works. I, I think it is fair to say that Daryl Cates is a volatile owner. And by that, I mean, it doesn't mean he can't win doing it this way. Very impatient. And I think the the genesis of all the things we've seen now uh, started a year ago when the owners had a lot of injuries to forwards and they didn't do any replacing of forwards and it cost them a little bit and there was anxiousness. And I think that Ken Holland keeping his powder dry at that time probably created a little bit of a fracture. And now this year... There's there there hasn't been a big move, and now there is, and I think we'll see a trade too, probably for a goaltender. We'll see when that happens. But I I can say this I think with good authority that a good guess would be that Jeff Jackson is the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. That's my feeling. He's making the calls. Maybe he's calling us right now. We don't know. What we would we expect to see next? I think a trade, probably for a goaltender. That's the need. Maybe a, a, like a terrific shutdown defenseman if that's available. Like if you could get Petrangelo and Bennington. I do not know what Connor Halley's doing, but it's scaring me. He's, he, he's absconding with some kind of sitting device, a chair or maybe a stump. What the hell is going on? Do you know what's going on with Halley? No, but he's been a little bit more intrusive than usual. Normally, he kind of comes in here, gives us the eyes, shakes his head, and heads back out. This time, he's been hanging around, moving stuff around, talking on the phone, being real disruptive. I don't know what he's up to, but, you know, he's planning something, I can tell. He's talking about me taking over the show. That's the guy you got to watch out for. Man, I don't know what the H-E double hockey sticks is going on here. I think it's because it's a holiday, and there's a sense of, of you know, I don't know, freedom to do what we want. We're not rifling through, you know, drawers or anything yet. wonder how everybody feels about the rogue radio station in the building having free run and nobody else being around. Of course, they don't know we, you know, we locked the security guard in one of the rooms. 
It's all good. Don't worry. It's all fine. Daniel Nugent Bowman today. Oilers captain Connor McDavid on if the players were given a heads up about the coaching change. I woke up to a text like probably you guys did as well. I know the narrative out there, but it couldn't be further from the truth. I'm going to tell you what this is. I'm going to solve the problem for you. You'll thank me later. No, you won't. So it is my opinion It is my opinion. I'm moving Daniel Nugent back, uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman back at one segment tomorrow because of practice. Can you remember that, Declan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's all up here. Moving back one segment. They've got a new practice. So, where was I? What was I talking about? Well, you just kept saying it's my opinion, it's my opinion. But you had mentioned a Daniel Nugent Bowman article. Okay, the Connor McDavid. Oh, right. Okay, I'm going to solve yes. this problem for you. Okay. The, the, people are saying, well, it's Connor McDavid's team now. He's running the show. Here's what's happening. This is my opinion. You can take it to the bank or you can throw it under your bus or you can hammer me online on Twitter all day. If you look at the recent moves by this Edmonton Autos organization, bring in Jeff Jackson, who is Connor McDavid's agent. Uh, they bring in a new... A new, a brand new amateur scouting guy. Now they brought in Connor McDavid's old junior coach. So if I'm piecing all of this together, what I'm coming up with is the following. The Edmonton Oilers, Daryl Cates on down, have decided that securing Connor McDavid's next contract is the key. That's the central thing. They want to get him done. There's a... Um, there's an energy to get him signed. Can't do it this coming summer, but the following summer. There's an energy to get him comfortable in any possible way. And I think it does mean that Leon Dreisaitl may not be here two years from now. That's my feeling. I don't feel the same energy around Leon Dreisaitl. That's my feeling. Maybe I'm wrong. So... You can be critical of the Edmonton Oilers for doing that, hiring Jackson and Knobloch. And you can even say, well, Conor McDavid's got run of the run of the whole place. Okay. Make that make that call. But at least part of you have to understand, a part of you has to understand that this is kind of business and it's happened before. Bill Torrey is universally regarded as one of the great general managers of all time. Even though he started with the Oakland Seals, he overcame that and got to a real hockey team and won several Stanleys with the New York Honors and then did very well with Florida Panthers afterwards, all while wearing a bow tie. Very hard to do. Very hard to do. Have you ever worn a bow tie? Bow tie? I have. I have. I've never tied a bow tie, though. Right. Now, did you do it while swimming? Because I know that's a look. I didn't do it while swimming, but mm. uh, yeah, that would have been something to see. Yeah. How tall are you? I'm about 5'9". I am. I think I'm five eight, but you and I are about the same height. I was a, a little bit taller. I think that's wrong, but it's no, okay. I didn't want to say Let's anything, say, but I was a little bit taller. But you, you know, you say it when we were in front of the mirror. You said we were about the same, and now you're just lying. Well, I actually got measured at the doctor's once, and I was five ten and three quarters. But I was, was I was stretching up a little yeah, bit, so I, I think was, I'm about five. Was nine. that the happy doctor? Was the with the pills flowing? Was that what was happening there? <laughs> yeah, it was um, a made up doctor. So, hello, it's Doctor Nick. Um, so. You can say all of those things, but I think this is good business. And Bill, Bill Torrey, when he was a member of the New York Islanders, he made a trade with the Philadelphia Flyers. 
and they acquired a man named Jean Potvin. He was a right-handed defenseman, kind of a journeyman type, kind of like my radio career. You know, contributed, you know, helped out, but wasn't frontline material, was absolutely an NHL player, but you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have him in a feature role, unless it was the power play in Pop Dan's case. And they acquired him for one reason, because they knew the 73 drafts Jim Jewel, top, top, top talent, was a defenseman named Dennis Podvan, Sean's brother. And they had several problems. Number one, the Montreal Canadiens were offering them ever to the end of the sun for the first overall pick, and Bill Torrey resisted. They walked around that hotel in Montreal several times on draft day. He would not give in. The other problem was the WHA. Dennis Potvin could have made a lot of money. Pat Price, who later played with the Oilers, signed in the WHA. And Potvin would have been ideal for, say, the Quebec Nordiques to sign. You bet. That would be really good business for the Quebec Nordiques and the WHA. So Bill Torrey traded for Jean Potvin to, to make it easier to retain Dennis Potvin should they you know, get the chance to draft him, and they did, and they did. And Dennis and Jean Potvin played for a while together. Dennis Potvin won a bunch of Stanleys. Bill Torrey goes to the Hall of Fame. Smart move. So when we talk about Jeff Jackson being the CEO, everybody that I know agreed it was an astute move. The guy is well-connected. Based on what we know, smart as a whip. I interviewed him once, really smart guy. Not that that has anything to do with anything. But I think he can walk and talk at the same time. I thought he handled himself very well. He did contradict Ken Holland, but I don't think he did really because Ken Holland was talking to players and the guy who is the the de facto general manager today, Jeff Jackson, was hiring a guy and he made his decision, you know, whenever, probably after the San Jose game. So that's the story. But don't misunderstand this. In my opinion, this had to do with, with, this hiring had to do with Believing that Jay Woodcroft was not going to be able to pull them out, I, I disagree with that. I think Jay Woodcroft's the larger part. Everybody always tells me sample sizes are very important. Well, Woodcroft had lots of sample before this year, and it was all good. And that the experts also tell me 20 games is when you have to really start paying attention. Tonight is game 14. That said, I did believe this season was gone, and I still believe this season is gone. And if you want to make a big splash, if you want to turn things around, if you want to get the attention of people, then this probably makes sense. So that is my point to you. And I share it with you free of charge and without anger or any of those things that sometimes you associate with people on the radio. Our first blush look at Chris Knobloch is the lines this morning in practice. Defense is the same. Stuart Skinner starts in net. The lines are different. And the lines show you that it's a new day. It's a new dawn. I can't sing like Nina Simone. Breaks my heart, but I can. Connor McDavid is centering. Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Sam Gagne. Oh, my God. Gagne goes from PTO to... The top line with Connor McDavid. Now, McDavid has not played well. I think there's something wrong with his hand. 
His speed's back up to, but he can, the puck never it's dancing on him. Never has happened. It's in like year eight. There's something there. Second line, dry sidle with Kane and Hyman. That thing is going to rattle and hum. I am convinced this line is going to do true damage. Dylan Holloway and Warren Fogle are the wingers for Ryan McLeod, and then James Hamblin with Raphael Lavoie and Derek Ryan to play their four minutes. A keyed, but not really. It's not going to be very much. All right. Today on the show, Sean Keeler will join us in hour number two to preview the Broncos and NFL Monday Night Football. Jason Greger will also be by. Stefan Rosner on the way from NHL.com and the Hockey News. We're going to be talking about the New York Islanders. They don't give up much. And they don't score much either. They actually score less than they give up at 5-on-5. Five five. We'll talk about that, why it should work, and why they're about a 500 team right now. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Well, my life has come full circle. I remember when you couldn't play that song on the radio. And I remember it went to number one as a blank space on Melody Maker in England. And now we're playing it, you know, as a bumper on a sports radio show, but it's a really cool sports radio show. Low down with Low Tide on Wolf GMC Buick. I was just looking at the new coach. Uh, you remember the last coach of the Oilers, Jay Woodcroft. He never had a gray hair, and whatever he was doing with his skin worked like a charm. Very, very good skin work there. Now, the new coach, Chris Knobloch, he, you know, he looks and his mannerisms at the interview that I saw, he reminds me of Lloyd Braun. You remember Lloyd Braun? He's the Matt McCoy was the actor. He was the Serenity Now guy on the Seinfeld episode. Good job, Lloyd. Remember that? You don't remember that. You don't remember Seinfeld. Are you asking me? Sorry. Sometimes you put it out to the text line a little bit. No, I don't remember that. That's a reference that goes over my head, unfortunately. Oh man, I'll try and catch up for. for anyway, the next he one. looks a little like Lloyd Brown. I don't want to. You know, I'm sure he. You know, I'm sure he doesn't sell computers in a garage. Seems like a really successful guy, but he does look a little bit like that. Do we have our next guest? Are you are you ready with that? Okay, because I never know with you. You know, they're talking to people. Stefan Rosner joining us now from NHL.com and the Hockey News. By the way, I, I just want to mention the Hockey News at the front because the Hockey News archive, I've subscribed to it. I'm just waiting for my password. What a great idea. I can't wait to dig in there. I'm going to waste so much time, sir. What a fabulous idea to put it all online. Yeah, I can't. Thanks for having me, guys. And I can't take credit for that. But working with Stan Fischer, I mean, essentially the entire archive is Stan Fischer work. So definitely get get as much reading in as possible. The the Islanders are an interesting team because they they I think they play the game the right way. They they suppress offense at five on five. They don't give up very much at all. I think they're top ten in goals against a five on five. Don't score much either. That's I guess what we should expect. But. Um, I always thought they'd be getting more firepower now, maybe from Wallstrom or Horvat. Uh, how how weak is the offense on the island? Yeah, right now if you're running to the same problems they had last year. Bo Horvat only has four goals. I believe only two of them have come at even strength. Oliver Wallstrom has been in and out of the lineup. It's been tough. It's been tough. And also you have to take into consideration that they lost Zach Prize for The fact that he's a 39-year-old didn't matter. He scored 21 goals. A season ago, and they've just had a hard time finishing their chances. And the biggest issue has been playing 60 minutes. They've had leads that they've blown. And this is an Islanders team where over the last couple of years, especially under Barry Tross, blowing leads was something they never did. And they've done it so often early in the season. That's why they've struggled. They're on a four-game skid entering tonight. 
So Oliver Wallstrom is playing behind on the depth chart. Simon Holmstrom, uh, who is, uh, I think he's got four goals and, and uh, has been scoring a little bit this year on a team that is a little bit challenged in that area. Uh, how, how has that come to be? And is that is that for all time or is Wallstrom just uh, starting slow? Yeah, so Wallstrom will be back in tonight. He was a, a scratch the other day. But the biggest issue for Wallstrom is he's coming off that an ACL injury that kept him out for the second half of last season. He slow start to his year. But Simon Holmstrom, for him, he came up. He was defensively savvy. That was his game. He just wasn't providing offense. And this year, just everything's clicked in all facets of the game. He's got four goals to him and come on the penalty kill. And he's just been a revelation, really, for this Islanders team and for Wallstrom. I think the difference is that Wallstrom came up as a sniper and he's had to focus on playing a two-way game and a sound defensive game where Holmstrom, again, came up as that defensive guy with offensive upside. And now you're seeing... Uh, Simon Holmstrom, who essentially can play in every situation for Lane and definitely moved up on the depth charts. He'll be playing on the top line with Horvat and Barzal tonight. Wallstrom will be playing on the third line. I, I know that um, in looking back at the 20, whatever draft it was with Evan Bouchard, 2018, I guess, uh, I, I remember Wallstrom, but also Noah Dobson. Noah Dobson has had a really good run here, uh, emerging as a more complete talent. Uh, is he? How much of a leader is he already on this team? I know he's young, but he seems to be emerging every year and doing more. Yeah, uh, in terms of leadership in the room, he, he's a quiet, soft. Sorry, excuse me. Sorry, quiet, soft-spoken guy. And I just think for him, he's leading by example on the ice, especially with Adam Pellick being in and out of the lineup. Pellick is a game-time decision tonight. Dobson has just decided and figured out how to play that defensively sound game. I don't think he's an elite defender at this point but the offense is there and all the owners really needed was him to just be being able to be put in certain situations on defense rather than have his minutes cut in tight games and i think we've seen that this year where he's making the smarter reads he's helping with the transition game and the offense is coming i mean he has 12 points in 13 games his first you know not averaging a point per game he didn't get a point last game but four goals and eight assists and he's just done everything for the islanders where wayne lambert could finally play him 20 to 25 minutes per night but he's definitely leading for sure on the ice Sports 1440, this is the Lowdown with Low Tide. Stefan Rosner, our guest from NHL.com, wanted to talk to you about Anders Lee, a guy who scored 28 a year ago. Uh, I'm not going to say perennial 20-goal scorer, but when he's healthy, he can score as many as 40 and has in the past. One goal in 13 games so far this year. Uh, I know that you tweeted out that he's coming along a little bit. What should we expect from Anders Lee tonight? Yeah, I think he's definitely coming off his strongest game of the year. It was a slow start for Andrews, like you said, one goal, one assist in 13 games. But we saw at the end of last year in the playoffs against the Hurricanes that it seemed like his his hands were getting slower in front of goalie. Maybe not that age was getting to him, but he is 33, and then this year has been off to a tough start. Lane Lambert tried him on the third line. It didn't work. Tried him on the top line. It didn't work. Tried him on the second line. It just wasn't working. And this is a guy that gets paid a cap of $7 million a year. So they need to figure out how to, how to get him, obviously, to the perfect spot where he could be the best player he can be at this point in his career. And he is the captain as well. So I don't think it's likely you'd see him be a scratch or see him play on the fourth line. So I think he, last game was an example of him being the kind of guy they need him to be win puck battles in the corners, get pucks to the point, and get to the front of the net and take away the goalie's eyes. And I think if he could just do those basic things for the Islanders, he'll be all right. He'll get those rebound goals. But, yeah, it was definitely a slow start for him. The Islanders are going to need him to pick it up. There's no bargain, I don't think, it, when you're facing the Islanders in terms of goaltender. Ilya Sorokin and uh, Semyon Varlamov both have great resumes. Who's starting tonight? Yeah, so tonight will be Ilya Sorokin. They've kind of gone back and forth here. Sorokin out of the gate, it's not not to say that it was his fault for losses, but he was at, allowing over four goals a game. And Varlamov has been the stronger goalie so far this year. So they, Lane's gone back and forth. Varlamov started on 
Saturday night in the loss. So Sorokin gets the goal, in goal tonight, and for him, it's just got to do a better job fighting through screens. I think that's been one of the biggest issues from him for him. But we've just seen. I mean, we know how good Sorokin is when he's at the top of his game, and he has to find a way to just get back to that because the Islanders surely need it given their lack of offensive production. The the Metropolitan is always interesting to me because you you've got. It feels like the Rangers are are out front and and home and dry eleven two and one, but the rest of the division is, you know, tighter than tight, and that goes all the way down to Columbus at number eight. Islanders are technically in point possessions tied for fifth, or sorry, yeah, one two three four sixth, I guess. Uh, but still, in all, they're they are right there. From a fan point of view, is this a frustrating year, or is it an encouraging year, or somewhere in the middle? It's definitely frustrating because a lot of the fan base is looking at this summer, and what Lou Lamarillo decided to do was just bring everybody back. The only new face he really added was Julian Godier, who's been a scratch. He'll be in the lineup tonight just for his second game of the year, but the Islanders didn't do anything to improve their team unless you count bringing back guys like Engvall and Horvat, who made incredible impacts, even if they weren't scoring last year, to help the Islanders get into the playoffs. So I think their concern is that the fan base had said, oh, it's the same team, they're going to struggle. That's all coming to fruition here, even though on paper they should be better. Full year of Horvat and Barzal, full year of Engvall with that Brock Nelson and Kyle Palmieri duo. But it's just, yeah, it hasn't worked out. But I think for the Islanders, like you said, is this division, everyone says is the toughest division in sports, but at the same time, you know, Pittsburgh struggled. Washington, you know, maybe their, their record's okay right now, but they've struggled. The Columbus has struggled. The Flyers will probably get back to being at the bottom of that division. So for the Islanders, it's just about – finding ways to get points. We saw it last year. I mean, the Islanders had an awful January last year, but the reason they were able to get into the playoffs is because teams like the Capitals and teams like the Penguins also had an awful January. So for the Islanders, it's just one game at a time, end this losing streak, and, and build on from there. Stefan Rosner, our guest, Islands Beat Reporter for NHL.com and the Hockey News. So a new coach in Edmonton, uh, obviously from the East Coast, uh, Coach Hartford uh, Wolfpack. How much, how much would the coaching staff and how much would the players know about style or does it matter you just go out and play yeah so um andrew gross of news they reported this morning that lane lambert did talk to rick kowalski the bridgeport islanders head coach to get kind of a scouting report on knoblock who coached in harford but i think for the islanders it's just they really just have to focus on what they're doing because their losses have really come off their mistakes their their issues i mean you're sure the opponents are scoring finding the back of the net shutting them down defensively but it's all about the Islanders. They know what they have to do to try to get out of this. they got to play a 60-minute effort, and I know the Oilers have been struggling, but you, you do know when a coach gets fired, that usually wakes the group up. So I'm, what the Islanders should expect, and Edmonton Oilers teams come at them hard tonight. Really appreciate that. Have a great night. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Stefan Resner from the NHL.com and the Hockey News. I, I, don't, I don't endorse things unless I'm paid for them. But I am not being paid to tell you that the Hockey News Archive is top drawer. If you're my age, check it out because you're going to be able to relive your past, which is what we're all about when we're my age. You have no past to relive. I have a lot. Did you want to comment on that or no? No, I mean, you're right. I, you know, I, 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 have, a, I have a DVD copy of the 2004 Grey Cup that I watched from time to time. It was 2004. That's yeah, a great Grey Cup. Toronto. Yeah, it was Argos Lions, that Grey Cup. I watched that every now yeah. and then. It was, yeah, yeah. it was good. Best Grey Cup you ever saw? Mine was 89. Yeah. Oh, man. You don't have to tell me about the 1989 Grey Cup. That was, was like the best game ago. I ever saw. Like, it was. Yes, cr- it was. Not even, my team wasn't even involved in that game. Mm. The best Grey Cup I ever saw, great, I saw with my own two eyes, uh, the, the 95th Grey Cup in 2007. Mm-hmm. 
That's it was the, it was the Riders won again, didn't it? Yeah, the Riders beat the Bombers wow. in that one. James Johnson was was a great great Cup MVP with three interceptions. But they won because the quarterback got hurt. Who was it? Henry? Kevin. It was Cle- Kevin, Kevin Glenn, Glenn who got You're hurt. Right, yeah. And then yeah, uh, Ryan Dinwiddie had to come into the game. But yeah, listen, the, the Riders did what they had to do, and I got to see my team win with my own two eyes. And I don't. I, I, I'm glad they life. won because my wife was a big uh, Rough Rider fan. But uh, that was, I think, was that Stiegel's last great chance to win a. a, a yeah, a, that was right at the end of the road for him. It's too bad. I know not you for don't me. Feel not way, for me. I felt great. Serenity now, insanity later from Oil City Dynasty. Oilers need to claim Studnika. That's um, from KCF. Jack Studnika has a really weird connection to the Edmonton Oilers. I bet you don't know what it is. I bet you in one million dollars you couldn't tell me what the connection is. Go ahead. Uh, you would be correct. Okay. You would you would be a million dollars richer because I can't tell you the connection. On April 25th, 2015, the Edmonton Oilers traded number 53 overall in the 2017 draft to the Boston Bruins for the rights to Peter Shirelli. And what made it weird and impossible and unfair was they'd already fired Shirelli. The NHL decided to punish the Oilers because of the McDavid win. By just giving up a draft pick. And, you know, Stadnika, whatever his name is, he's good. He's not great, but he's good. He can play in the National Hockey League. I don't think the Oilers are going to claim him. I don't think they will. I've always liked him, though. He's played in the Bruins organization, and I followed him there. The writing was on the wall as soon as Jackson was hired. Ah, for, for, for Woodcroft, I don't think so. I really don't. I think Woodcroft is a good NHL coach. I think he got caught uh, with a team that couldn't stop the puck, and McDavid got hurt, and a bunch of things. It's like a, it's a cascade. That's my word of the month, a cascade. It's like dominoes. It, it shouldn't work out like that, but it does, and it did this time. And I think Jay Woodcroft will have a job this time next year, probably win the Stanley Cup before the Oilers do. That's how it works for the Oilers. Uh, and... I think this is the last coach that Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid will have as a as a tandem here in Edmonton. How does this coaching change cause the team to play better? Honestly, I'm just excited for the draft pick this year. Well, I will tell you my opinion, and it is my opinion only. Like you can, it would be very easy for you to text me and say you don't know what you're talking about, and that happens a lot. Believe me. I'm tightening this up. If it goes sideways, then you're going to have to cover for me. No, it works. Okay. So there's a shock thing. There's a shock value. You know, I used to work in sales years ago. And uh, twice during my time in sales, they replaced the sales manager. And the shock waves, it's like a ripple. In like, have you ever seen a, 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 a water hit a rain barrel full of of water, and it it ripples, and then it it takes a minute to go away. That's what happens when you replace a sales manager, and I'm sure it's the same as a coach. Where you, everybody's like, "Oh my god, I got a new guy. I'm gonna have to tell him what my process is," and everybody in sales is like, "Okay, where the hell is my process? I haven't looked at it in a year, but let me get on that." It's it's like that. It, it it 
everybody, it's like you're all of a sudden you have to take your driver's test again. Remember how much you studied for your driver's test and then you forgot everything? You were so happy you got in the car and you damn near hit somebody. Well, that's kind of like when you when you have to study for the test, you have to be on your best behavior. And the orders will be. It's it's I, you know, it's like your parents. If they say straighten up and fly right when you're five, you listen. When it's, you're 15, you're like, oh, my God, how many times are you going to say that to me? I know everything, and my friend helps me with everything I don't know. Well, it's a new coach means that you have to prove yourself. And the new coach is already doing stuff that, you know, you've got Sam Gagne in the top line. That's unusual. And I, for the record, I don't buy that Conor McDavid is calling the shots. I really don't. I do think that Daryl Cates correctly has um, assessed that Conor McDavid is the guy who has the best chance of signing, and he's going to go for it, and that's what he's doing. That's my belief. Been very quiet over there, sir. Are you ill? Are you have you taken on water of some sort? No, no, no. I'm doing fine. I'm just you know I'm waiting for my moment to slide in and to say what I have to say. But no, I'm I'm doing okay over here. Listen, I've, I've been working. I've been setting things up for the podcast. Getting when is, ready for the update. Uh, when is uh, m- m- MMA coming up? One forty today. Okay. Last segment of the day. We're going to finish things well, up. Who decides that? Because I know I don't. What time it comes on? I think it's me. I think it's safe to say I decide when it comes. So on. So you decide when the guests come on, and I'm just like a talking head. You have some input. I mean, you have your regulars. You decide when they come on, but when it's Mama MMA, I got to spread my wings and fly. All I want to hear is the ABBA song. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can make that. We don't have to have the segment for the ABBA song to be there. You know, we can just play it anyway. Well, I was not a pro. I was nobody told yeah, me that. I know it's groundbreaking stuff, but wow. it's true. Well, okay. On the way, hockey rumors, including a little more insight from Elliot Friedman about. The firing of Jay Woodcroft, he goes right to the top of the list as far as I'm concerned about next coach in the NHL hired. And the hiring of Chris Knobloch, who played second base many years ago for the Minnesota Twins. No, he didn't. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. There's nothing like great pop music with guitar. No, seriously. Low Tide Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Low Tide is also driven by same new name, same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, WolfGMCBuick.com. Say hi to Doug and Mary. Who did that song? That was Sum 41, Pop that's Punk really Heroes good. of the early 2000s. Love that song. Yeah, it's a great one. It's a classic. I mean, you just love the stuff that makes you feel good, you know? Why can't we feel good more often? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that song was in Cheaper by the Dozen, and oh, that song gets you flying. Yeah. All, current classic. So you say. We got to get JMO on. In early December, we're going to get JMO on. We're going to talk to him about his podcast with, with uh, Bryn Griffiths. We're going to talk about, you know, how many job offers he's had. And talk about that CFL book he should write. Now, he has to agree to come on. We haven't asked him yet, but I'm hopeful. We'll have Jason Greger next hour. I'm going to say, when do you see a trade, Jason? And he's going to, well, well, it doesn't take a little time. Stuff like that. You know, he'll he'll reach back for his bag of tricks and then tell us. We're doing Mama MMA one hour from now. That's certainly the plan. You excited? Well, I usually make p- eggs during that segment. I can... Uh, yeah, your, uh, your eyes glaze over a little bit or gloss no, over a little bit, but... No, uh, I, I don't... 
you know it so well, I don't have to do anything. And I like that. Did you watch the fights this weekend? No. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. Okay. I was otherwise I, involved, I, and I, right. I, I enjoyed what I did. Uh, and I certainly would not uh, consider it to be a fight. But other than that, it's all good. All right, well, good. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully I can I can educate you a little bit about what happened. It'll well, I'm certainly on. I just I need to know. I've got a thirst. Oh, I know. know. Yeah, you, you, know. you kept texting me. What's happening? What's happening? And I, I will tell you, there was a time when I was all over boxing. I loved it very much. And I don't begrudge the young people of today, the youth. For not being into it? For being into it. Okay. Okay. I thought you were saying you don't begrudge them for falling out of love with the sport. And I was no, like, no. Oh, I, I mean, like, I think young them. males like violence. There's I know just a, I did. There's an allure to it, you know, no matter what happens. If you see Michael Jordan and LeBron James playing one-on-one on one street corner and you see a fight on the other street corner of two random guys, the fight's still going to have a crowd because there's always it's, an allure to it. There's a, there's a thing that drives young males and it's, you know, testosterone mixed with stupidity mm. and alcohol. And the trifecta. Well, kind of, right? Like, you know, and I mean, the the thing is, you if you grow out of it, you will survive. If you don't, then you probably won't. That's the way it is. Now, this song was a banger. Well, yes, it was. I can only hope the, uh, they gave Charlie Huddy a call to coach the team, an experienced coach. Coffee was the second choice, Brian and St. Albert. Yeah, I get that. I get what you're saying. You have to wait and see. I mean, you know, Paul Coffey has ideas. I think Daryl Cates likes his ideas, and now we're going to see the ideas. And then, you know, I mean, some guys have worked out who are former Oilers coaching in the Oilers organization. I, Greg McTavish certainly did. He was a great coach. Um, I remember Paul Coffey when he – I, I think it was 1980 – two. 82, I think, in the wintertime. Would have been maybe the 82-83 season. And I would have been winter, you know, January. And I took my then-girlfriend, later wife, to see her first Oilers game. Uh, I, you, you could get an Oilers ticket back then, and, but it was high. It was way up high. And um, I was telling her about Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier and the people she should follow. And the whole game, all she could talk about was Paul Coffey skating. That's all she talked about. I mean, she was just, and she could skate. She's a very fine skater, figure skater. And she, that's all she would talk about. You know, and I'm like, well, what about him? She goes, no, 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 this is the guy. Yeah, I mean, he was a great skater. If he can teach Vincent DeHarnay to skate like that, he will go to the Hall of Fame as a coach. Gregor, why is it so hard for people to remember my name? Gregor. Do you honestly think the Oil can go 11-2-2 two, and two, or even 39-20-10-2 on lines? Come on, from Bill. Well, Gregor will have to answer this. Sounds like he's going to have to do a little research. You're not even going to touch it? And you're just going to be like, hey, it was for Gregor. I'll let him handle it. Well, do you want to touch it? I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. No, I mean, I, I think the, the question was, as I read it, was... Can they hit that record in those amount of games? Can they go 11-2-2 two, and two in whatever that works out to, 15 games or 39-20-10, and 10, the rest of the games in the season, on just two top lines? No real defensive zone preference, well, no, no presence, excuse me, no bottom six. 
and shaky goaltending. If they had listened to me, they'd know what they have to. You have to play the kids. You got to play Dylan Holloway. You got to play Ryan McLeod. You got to play Raphael Lavoie. You got to play Philip Broberg. What does that do? It increases the pool of talent. God, this is so easy. You don't have enough good players. And you don't have enough good players because you, you, you traded a bunch of guys like Yamamoto and Pugliarvi who were good plug-and-play complementary types, and you've got to replace them. This is not rocket science. My argument would be, and then I'll shut the mic off, but my argument would be this isn't a period of time in the Oilers franchise where it's show me what these young guys can do. It's we have to win now because the window is so, clo- so, so, so close to closing. Win. You can't win. Matthias Janmark can't skate fast enough. Yes. So, I agree, but I think that's I think that's why you just have to rely on these top six lines and hope they can provide no, enough offense day in, day out. No, damn it, no. You okay. put Dylan Holloway somewhere where he can help you and see if he can score. He scored the other night. Keep going. This is not you, – you need – if you play them in October and November, they will pay you back in March and April. It has always been thus. You can't be stubborn ox mule man or you end up losing out. There are other teams doing it. Now, this is a bit of a moot point because of how poor the Oilers' start has been, but what if you play them in October and November and they have such poor results that by the time March and April comes around, it doesn't matter if they can help you? Well, amen to that. But okay. now you know, and you can move away from them, and you could trade, you could pick up Jackson Dudnicka on waivers. What if it's too late? It isn't, it's never okay. too late. You can play with Connor McDavid, for God's sake. You know, that's Sudnika could come in and score 15. You gotta. You have to have inexpensive players who can help you in a complementary role. Paul Yarvi did. Yamamoto did. Connor Brown should, but he hasn't been able to. That's fine. You made a bet. It was a good bet. It hasn't worked out so far. You live with it. I understand that. Connor or Connor Dylan Holloway is there. Play the man. Play Raphael Lavoie. Come on. And now they're playing Sam Gagne. Fine, but I still think they should give the young people a chance. Low tide. If you were Daryl. Would you have gone with Jackson over Steos? What would maximize the Oilers' chances of re-signing McDavid would be just to run a very solid organization and win instead of hiring everyone McDavid knows from his past. Well, here's the thing. You know, the Oilers have started to do the right thing, and Michael Parcotti is the right thing. So they're, they're getting somewhere. They're going somewhere. They're doing things right. So, what does that mean? Well, the bottom line on all of this is, for the Edmonton Oilers anyway, it's a process. And the analytics department may not be in place and effective until after Leon Dreisaitl leaves. It takes some time. It also takes some time. I think Jeff Jackson would listen. I know Brad Holland would listen. I don't know how many other people in the room will listen. I mean, I think Ken Holland thinks he listens, but he was the guy who one time they were talking about analytics. He said, we got an analytics guy. It's the guy who does our, you know, he books our flights. Well, that's something someone like me says. You you need somebody who understands stuff. And, and Ken Holland understands everything from his era. But the era has changed. The earth has moved. Like, it, it it's... Like, it's not an insult, but life does sort of pass you by a little bit. And the owners have continued to be the 1975 furniture store under Daryl Cates. Everybody else is going to work, and they're figuring out what analytics can do to help them. And the owners drive to work, and they argue about what color the new van is going to be for their 1975 furniture company. 
And that's why, you know, with due respect, Paul Coffey is the, is the defensive coach. But they're getting better. And I don't think Daryl Cates is a dummy. I do not believe that. I think he is, he is passionate. He's like me. He is quick to make, he runs on emotion a little bit. And I understand that. I wish he were more, would step back more. He's not that guy. And he's wired in a different way. And so if you're an Oiler fan, you can get frustrated about it, but you also have to deal in the reality that Daryl Cates um, has fits of peak, and they end up in this. And, like, I don't think Jeff Jackson's a bad hire, and I don't think Chris Knobloch's a bad hire. I think the timing is interesting. And I think the timing tells you that Daryl Cates was unhappy with Ken Holland. That's what I, that tells me. And Bob Nicholson. I think he was unhappy. So... Jeff Jackson hires an analytic guy. I'm all aboard about that. I'll tell you, if they listen to Michael Parcati, this is going to get real good in a real hurry. Lavoie with four minutes a game. And that was with a big early lead. Seems like that would have been the time to give him some more ice time from Trayden. Well, there's a new coach, and you might see that. The boys are playing under pressure, not having fun. Reality check, and they're earning tons of money. Grow up, boys. Ah. You know, they're working really hard. Have you ever worked hard but not smart because you felt you were under pressure? Have you ever done that? Oh, yes, certainly. Certainly. I don't intimidate you or anything, do I? No, 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 no. You're a teddy bear over there. Well, I want to make sure that. You know, I don't want you to feel like you're coming in here and, you know, sphincters are tightening all over your body. I don't want that. No, nothing like that. Come on. Me and you know. We don't say it, but we know. Notice you're not wearing a cap again. Is this a new it's, thing? It's over there. I'll throw it on. In you a got a lot bit. of static going on. It's just you so to fly up on Andy hair. There. It's just so hot in here, and the heat tra- the hat traps all the heat, leaving your body through your head. It's brutal. Four hundred percent of your body heat goes right out your head. Four hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so all of your body heat at four X. Yeah. Okay. No, people don't know that. That's what we- math guy. All right. Well, that's what they told me when I was a kid. So yeah, someone lied to you. My father lied to me. Thanks, man. Hey, stubborn mule man, unblock me. Nope. Nope. There was a bunch of stuff happening on my blog yesterday, and people are are going to have to pay. We all have to treat each other with respect. Or there's chaos. Kind of like this show. Okay, we got a very busy hour. Why did you book me so many guests? Oh, there was a lot to talk about. I have to, There's a lot, lot of to questions I've got to think of here. Yeah, but you're good on your feet. Well, I've got six good questions. I get three each, and then we'll punt these guys. That's the <laughs> only way to do it. Uh, Sean Keeler on the way from Broncos Country. We'll talk about the uh, Denver Broncos and the Monday night football game. Jason Gregor, lots of questions for him. And Mama MMA with our friend Declan Kruger on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update, just two games in the NHL tonight, of course, including the Edmonton Oilers and Chris Knobloch's first game behind the benches. Do will take on the Islanders. That game here at home, puck drop at 630. The only other game on the slate today, abs in Seattle against the Kraken puck drop for that one, 8 p.m. 
Four games in the NBA, including the Raptors at home to take on the Wizards. Tip-off at 5.30 with Toronto forward OG Ananobi listed as questionable with a right finger laceration. Also in NBA news, Denver Nuggets coach Michael Malone has agreed on a contract extension that will make him one of the NBA's highest paid coaches, according to sources. And week 10 in the NFL wraps up tonight as the Denver Broncos are in Buffalo to take on the Bills. Kickoff at 6.15. CFL news is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have announced they released defensive back Nick Marshall following his arrest on a gun possession charge. The 31-year-old joined the CFL in 2018 and was a 2021 CFL West Division All-Star. Baseball news is the Toronto Blue Jays have announced the hiring of DeMarlo Hale as the associate manager under John Schneider in just one game in the AJHL, but it is the Spruce Grove Saints there in Grand Prairie to take on the Storm. Puck drop for that one is at 7, and you can watch that, as always, on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been your Sports 1440 Update.